Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host Luke. Luke, how are you doing today? I am doing very well, thank you. I'm very happy to be on the Crack and Banter podcast. Uh, happy to have you here. I didn't realise that it would still be going by this point. I thought someone would have said something we would have gotten banned from Spotify, but we've made it eight. Is it eight, including the one that went missing, or eight and not including yeah, so very happy to still be here. Hopefully we can maybe, we're, we're taking this sort of podcast by podcast, uh, hoping uh, that we just want to see how far we can go with this. It's 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 been very enjoyable so far, is basically what I'm trying to say in a very un- untidy and overly verbose manner. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're pushing our luck more and more every week and uh, we're just... We're enjoying every moment until we inevitably get cancelled or taken off the air. Uh, every every week we see that that hook come closer and closer to our necks to drag us off stage, but uh, <laughs> we've we've survived thus far. Uh, this is a podcast where we like to talk about movies and TV shows and pop culture kind of stuff. Uh, of course, most of the time we just get horribly derailed and go off topic, but I think that's that's the fun of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, totally. It's like what? where Seinfeld. would podcasts be? You know? Yeah. It's like the Seinfeld. Seinfeld genre. was a sitcom about nothing. This is a podcast about nothing. Exactly. Well it's not it's not about nothing. The, the, there is a topic. It's it's more the content is nothing. <laughs> it's the the quality is nothing. Yes, it, it's like a like candy floss, you know, most of it's air, but when you when you can spread something so good over such a large area, it becomes much more enjoyable. You know, eating a spoonful of sugar on its own, not that great, but eating candy floss, incomparable. We're kind of like you know the smoke machine at a disco. It kind of looks cool, but then you realise it's pretty empty and is only just covering up the ugliness of what's actually going on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to think of us as the the sticky nightclub floor. You know, we're oh. we're we cover a large area and we we provide a sturdy base, but we're by no means the reason you're going. We're the cubicle and the toy that's which the lock doesn't work on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We definitely we're doing we're doing something right, but there's there's a more effective versions out there. This isn't the best way to hype ourselves up, but listen, the people who are coming back, there's a charm with that cubicle, you know, something about the graffiti on the back of the door that that makes you think that I'm I'm glad I chose this one, you know. I think our listeners are like boomerangs, you know, we throw them away and try to put them off, but they just come right back when you least expect doesn't hit us in the face. Treat him mean, keep him keen. That's that's please. how we look at our listeners. Please, I'm I'm kidding. Please stay. No, no, no. <laughs> I can I can see you're reaching to press for the Peter Crouch podcast. No, please stay on this one. No, 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 no. Why do I why do I feel like the Venn diagram of people listening to our podcast and people listening to the Peter Crouch podcast is relatively slim? Energy. We have a couple of pieces of news this week. Um, not a lot, but some quite quite good news as well. Um, we'll start off with uh, there is we got a first our first look at 
the new Space Jam movie, Space Jam, A New Legacy. This is a, a follow-up of sorts um, to the original Space Jam movie with Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. Uh, I really like that movie, actually. I think it's got, it's quite charming. It's definitely not good, but I think it's it's got some charm to it. Um, and they're bringing out a new one. The it looks it looks like a movie, you know. It it's exactly what it's meant to be. I think it'll probably be a fun, lighthearted kind of romp. I know that there have been some reports that it's going to go through um all a lot of different Warner Brothers properties, so we could end up seeing all sorts of characters. It's been rumored that like Batman might show up, um, characters from the Matrix or Mad Max or whatever. Like we could get a lot of characters showing up in this. So, do you have any thoughts about that? Mm. I saw one headline this week about it, and it was that they're going to desexualize the bunny from the first movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, an interesting take. <laughs> That's the one headline I saw. I didn't realize they'd released the trailer, but no, I, I would actually say I, I've not seen Space Jam, but I am a big Looney Tunes fan. It's, mm. I, yeah. I, I tell you what, one I did watch, do you remember? It was a few years ago. I can't remember the exact title. Oh, it was, uh, it was like, a Looney Tunes uh, movie sort of like you know how Space Jam was like live action mixed in with the Looney Tunes this one was the yeah. was this the same sort of thing as like Brandon Fraser in it I really enjoyed it very nice I, I might have seen that I, I couldn't be sure um but yeah I, I think those movies those little the cartoon mixed with live action movies are always quite fun I think like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a classic uh, and those sorts of things I think they can they can work and be a bit of fun. And I, I like this idea of going a different route with it if they're going to try some new, um, or yeah. rather old, I suppose, more accurately, properties, bring in some some crazy things. I think that's a fun way of doing it, uh, especially just completely mismatching the tones if they have the Looney Tunes and then Mad Max showing up or whatever. I think that could be that could be quite funny. So I, I think it'll be fun. I'm not necessarily saying a comment this isn't a comment on what the over the eventual quality of the movie might be because the movie could be very good but there is a cynical side of me that thinks this is somewhat of a cash grab uh playing on people's nostalgia oh almost yeah. definitely but i think yeah. it's still it's a nostalgia with some heart in that i think even though it is it's capitalizing on the nostalgia but i think to do that they're they're sort of going but if we're going to do that let's do it right so let's let's really you know let's really just hit all the nostalgia points which is kind of um like i said it's very much capitalizing on that but i think it's kind of the best way is to just don't hold back if you're going to do nostalgia kind of um well i can't think of the word but you know just provide non-stop nostalgia the whole way through you know uh, fill our guts with it kind of thing yeah. you know um i yeah. think that's the best way to do it I mean, certainly, I think bringing on LeBron James now, I mean, obviously, it's the parallel that he is basically today's and sort of le the level of the level that he's at within his sport. He is today's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's, I think they're sort of trying to do a similar thing there where he's very marketable. And he will get people in through the door of the movie theater who might not necessarily have watched the original Space Jam just because they want to see LeBron in the movie. That's more, yeah, more the Americans than over here. Because, I mean, it's not like basketball. 
I mean, it's, it's got fans, definitely. I would enjoy the odd game of basketball on the TV, but it's not like basketball's that big over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that thing. You've got you've got pretty much mass appeal to everyone. You know, there's going to be very few people who won't either recognise uh, LeBron James or recognise the Looney Tunes or just look at it and think it looks like a fun movie. Even, you know, younger audiences yeah. who maybe don't recognise any of those people or any of those characters, they'll still look at this and be like, oh, that looks like a fun movie with, you know, characters that I like and jokes that I enjoy. So it's kind of... It definitely, I, I think this could make a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, especially if it's if it's some of our first chances to get back into cinemas as well. Yeah. Uh, this has de- potential. Almost definitely will make a bucket full. To be fair, yeah. I think the Lineations is probably something that's as close to timeless entertainment as you get. I mean, there's people you, you there's people now who are probably in their eighties or nineties that watched Lineations when it first came out and yeah. um, and and Wayne's today will still watch it and enjoy it. So it's at yeah, least the it, format, probably be the... something that everyone can watch, which is probably nice for a family movie because I, I yeah, know of parents who are more that... than fed up of their 10-3 watch of Frozen 2. <laughs> Almost definitely. Um, but yeah, that format's really never changed. I think the sort of I'm not trying to suggest that Looney Tunes established it necessarily, but um, those sorts of cartoons, that's really, that's been the precedent for how cartoons are made for forever. You know, it's a very lighthearted, very slapstick visual comedy, but I think Looney Tunes ha- does do it kind of some of the best um, or all those Warner Brothers animations. I think are great. Tom and Jerry's the same. I think they're just classic, uh, you know, slapstick, silent comedy a lot of them you know you don't even have to have uh, any speaking lines in it for it to to really be funny you know I think it I think there's some really funny moments in those uh so I, I I'm you, definitely gonna watch this you know you know talking about Tom and Jerry it, I, whoever whichever studio that is the marketing department has done that movie a disservice because mm. I didn't even realize it was being released and well, I, was, I knew I knew all of it because I'd watched the trailer, but I assumed it was maybe like next year or something because I haven't heard anything else about it. it was, yeah, apparently it's I being think, released now because I've seen reviews for it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of studios have had a real suffer with um, marketing this this past year. You know, with COVID and trying to adapt. I don't know. I don't know what the challenges is they're facing, but it's the same as uh, Raya and the Last Dragon came out on Disney Plus this week. It's with uh, Premier Access, but it came out on Disney Plus this week, nonetheless. And I had no idea that it was out. You know, it, it was. It just so happened that I was looking on Disney Plus today that I saw it. I went, "Oh, that's out now." You know, and I had no idea that it was it was out and just ready to be watched. You know, I thought, "Oh, that's still going to be a month or two away." And um, so I don't know if it's because things are coming out on streaming, but then maybe Premier Access. Then on top of that, you're trying to market it both ways. You know. Uh, only, I'm not sure what the problem is. The only thing I can suggest, I'm not saying it's the case with these two movies because I have not seen either, so I can't speak to their quality, is I know sometimes studios, when they think they've got a stinker on their hands, they will gut the marketing budget for it and not promote it to try and save money because they'll think, yeah, because they think it will, the money they'd spend on marketing, they will get back. Yeah, maybe. Um, or maybe that's the other thing is this year they know that they're gonna uh, 
their sales are going to take a hit because of COVID and with cinemas not being open. So maybe that's why they're trying to save on marketing as well. They've kind of cut that budget accordingly. Yeah. So that that's could definitely have something to do with it, just trying to save as much money as they can, um, especially with things like streaming, I suppose. Yeah. If, if you're putting things on streaming services, the marketing kind of takes care of itself because as soon as, yeah. you, you know, Netflix doesn't have to put trailers out. As soon as you go on Netflix, it tells you what new stuff's out and, you know, you know it's there. Same as I was saying, even with that Ryan the Last Dragon, I wouldn't have yeah. had to see a trailer because I've gone on Disney Plus today and I know it's out. You know, so I suppose they they it's marketed directly to your uh your app or your TV as soon as you turn it on. So yeah, I suppose there is a, a good way to save money there, isn't there? Is it is it a Pixar movie or is it a Disney animated movie? I think it's Disney animated, Disney Studios. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it's just just straight Disney. I I, I that's what I was thinking. I you sort of feel like if. It, if it had been a Pixar movie, they would have gone big in the advertising. I mean, mm. Soul was it was like a streaming exclusive. I mean, it got big. Yeah, um, it, it, it had like trailers on the TV and whatever. So I mean, I think like a Pixar movie coming out to the event, I don't think it's such a big deal when the Disney animated movie comes out. Yeah, maybe I have liked a lot of the Disney animated re- stuff recently, though. I've oh, really enjoyed a lot of the more recent stuff. Um, and some very yeah. good ones. Yeah, like that trio. You had that trio, uh, last decade, which was very good in terms of, uh, Tangled, uh, Frozen and Moana. I enjoyed all three of those a fair bit. Yeah, and I thought Frozen Two was okay. <laughs> yeah, but you don't you don't have kids and you've not had to watch any times. <laughs> that is true. Um, I I think I think to be fair, I might have seen the first group. Definitely the first star of Frozen I've seen more than 10 times. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I do know for a fact that my younger sister uh, went through a phase whenever we first saw Frozen, like when it came out initially, um, and she was writing out, watching Frozen and pausing every line to write out the entire script in a notebook so that she could learn all of the words to the point that she now basically muscle memory reflexively can read pretty much the first 45 minutes of that movie just word for word line for line watching it on the tv uh she knows every single line to of frozen um and that's like speaking not not the songs yeah spoken lines that's incredible but i'm sort of thinking why it's there's something very uh very innocent and sort of naive about that though that i i really enjoy of like as much as uh, as much as she by no means grew up in like the olden days or anything, but it's still that slight pre, you know, just go on YouTube and entertain yourself for four yeah. hours, you know, and you're still watching a DVD kind of thing and pausing and rewinding. And like, uh, there's something still quite like, you have to entertain yourself for a while here. And yeah. I love watching Frozen. So I'm just gonna watch it on repeat and write out all the lines. I, I don't, it doesn't feel like that movie was eight years ago, does it? Uh, no, not at all. I know Tangled is nearly, it's at least a decade, if not longer yeah. now, since that I came think out. it was 2011. I'll tell you what, Absolutely though, sort insane. similar being, I think this would have been uh, probably about 2006-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I had Over the Hedge on DVD, and because it was a six-year-old, obviously, plenty of free time, because it's not like you're yeah. homework. <laughs> I don't know whether it was, like, I don't even, I can't remember, like, loving the movie or anything, but I just would, like, stick Over the Hedge on the DVD, sit and watch it, then put it on again and sit and watch it again. I think, I, I probably couldn't tell you how many times I watched it, but, I would but it was just, like, a period of time where I was just doing nothing else other than watching Over the Hedge. I don't even know if yeah. it's because I liked Over the Hedge that much or just because part of me thought it was funny to watch the same movie like 10 <laughs> times. Which it kind I of think is, it might be a mix of also you, you just you, you reach an age where suddenly you can put the DVD in and play it yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know how to do this and I don't want to go and reach another DVD down or ask anyone for help. I can put this DVD in and out of the DVD player, so I'm going to do that constantly. I mean, uh, I think everyone has a movie like that, though. Everybody has that movie that they just watched over and over again as a child. I know mine, a movie you should absolutely not watch every single day after school as a child, but uh, me and my older sister used to watch Grease every single day <laughs> after school, come home, Grease, watch it. As soon as it was over, watch it again. Uh, and this would have been on video, so even older. And uh, uh, just a movie, absolutely. I think you should watch Grease with your kids, but only when they're young enough that it definitely isn't going to make sense. Uh, but to just watch it alone every day, absolutely insane. And in hindsight, looking back to some of the lyrics that I definitely used to think I sang all of the words to that I clearly didn't now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain lyrics in those songs that I definitely, as a as a four year old, was not singing what it's meant to be. Um, yeah, me definitely just uh, a very funny change, one to look back on. Did you change stub to big boy? I did. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that's the only line. That was the only line we swapped. <laughs> no, I, my parents would actually. My parents would run into the room at that point and and eject it from the video player. There's they oh you can't listen to that to that horrible line when she says tell me about it stud that that was where they drew the line you know i still find it incredibly funny that that's like they thought for the this this school safe stage version that changing stud to big boy was a good idea like <laughs> that was better yes to to elaborate uh, me and Luke both um did a performance of greece in our in our school um what 3 years ago now uh, yeah yeah it was funny obviously Grease being the show it is there are several changes for the school version you know it has to be adapted which makes a lot of sense there are some yeah. themes that are sort of uh potentially inappropriate or at least would sort of be not the easiest thing for like high schoolers to to work with so yeah. um but one of the lines they changed is tell me about it stud and they swapped it out for tell me about it big boy which <laughs> I I will truly never understand how a scriptwriter could look at that and be like, now stud is just, it's too promiscuous. Whatever could we change it to? <laughs> and someone else, I've got it. <laughs> I, I, I think badly wanted them to keep it as big boy, but I think we eventually just went with stud, didn't we? I think, yeah, we had to change it back because um, we nobody could keep it together anytime they said big boy. Nobody could say it and not have the entire stage erupt to, into laughter. To be uh, fair, so we I, had to change it back. I think the like the corpsing on stage 
only finally got eliminated like pretty close to showtime i think yeah we were still uh, pissing about like in at the end of summer nights uh like the week before <laughs> our shows week off shows there were just times on stage and you know i think that's the nice thing with greece as well we are so off topic here but it's fine yeah. <laughs> with greece as a as a show it's meant to be like high school kids and a group of best friends kind of having fun so i mean the the amount of stuff we just did in that show of like background gags that we just added in i i think was so funny like there i would say there's arguably 10 to 12 jokes in that show that nobody will ever get apart from us because we only did them to entertain ourselves you know we yeah. do- the sole reason they exist was for us to have fun in the background while other things happened. And unless there was some like eagle-eyed audience members just only watching us the whole time, there's no way people were getting those jokes. But there was some real funny moments. I think there was one uh, one moment just before we move on. Uh, one moment I absolutely loved and I would find it so funny every night we did it and it never got a laugh because no one ever noticed it. But there was a line... Uh, one of us makes a joke and then all of us high five and then your character looks sunny just holds his hand up because it's you who makes the joke actually it's you who makes the joke and then you hold your hand up for a high five and every other person high fives each other apart from you so everyone high fives and you just stand with your hand out and every time we did that I could not stop laughing at it so I had to like face the like not face the audience because it was so funny and I don't think anybody ever saw that joke happen (laughs) There was a great picture of it that the photographer got. I think it's like on my Instagram. Yeah, that is a great photo. But actually. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look like that's what I'm doing. It looks like I'm having some ultra dramatic Freddie Mercury <laughs> moment. Like, it, it, it doesn't look like I'm getting socially rejected by everyone around me. Good, good. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on from that, however, we ended up talking about Greece for so long. Um, we can move on to uh, some DC news. So uh, the first thing we'll we'll start with because uh, I know we missed it last week, and honestly, it, it just didn't quite feel right. Last week we we had no Justice League news. We we didn't even mention it. We tiptoed around the idea, uh, but we didn't have any Justice League news last week. However, you needn't worry if you were sitting at home wondering. Are they going to go two weeks with no Justice League news? You'd be wrong. We got some Justice League news this week. Look, you're ha- you're, are you happy Ooh. to hear? Do I, you know. I have had my interest officially peaked. <laughs> Good. Uh, and this Justice League news from the mouth of Snyder himself, uh, we have... Oh, never phrase it like that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have six... Uh, official titles for the six chapters uh, that his movie is going to be split into um, so I assume this will maybe give some chances if you're watching it at home these can be the, the sections where you pause it or whatever uh, to divide up this four hour long movie yeah you can pause <laughs> it and go and watch something else yeah 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 so you can watch it across uh, six days this means um, <laughs> really extend your watched- suffering <laughs> we've got titles for for each section some of them are just very kind of what you would expect but we've got some some more interesting ones so i'll i'll run through them here um 
Now, interestingly, or I find it interesting at least, three of them are in quotation marks, which I assume means they're quotes from the movie. And like, that's why they're titled as such. Um, and then the others are just kind of generic titles. So I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, maybe who you think might say these lines. Uh, so the first section one or chapter one, we have quoted, don't count on it, Batman. That's title number one. Ooh, do you know what? It might be Batman talking to himself in the mirror, like the taxi driver stuff. <laughs> Don't count on it, Batman. It's, Br- it's Bruce Wayne talking to Batman. He says, Don't count on it, Batman. And then Batman says, I'll do what I want, Actually, Bruce Wayne. Bit, maybe who is also me. Bit off topic. Did you not find it interesting when you read those things that it's like. Batman thinks of himself as Batman and Bruce Wayne is his alter ego rather than the other way yeah. around. I do actually find I, that interesting. I've often, I, I think that's fascinating. And I mean, I know it's a bit sort of like dude bro cliche to say, not bro, <laughs> Batman is such a deep character. But <laughs> I would say he is, as comic book characters go, he is probably the best written, obviously. And I mean, and I know that's not a revolutionary opinion, but there's a reason he's the he is the one with the most enduring popularity. Yeah, I think he he does he does arguably have that depth as well. Like he's earned that level of depth that it's yeah. it's not necessarily brewy deep. You know, it is uh, genuinely years of a character who does have serious like psychological factors that play into his his life. Um, yeah. Chapter number two, a bit more boring. We have the Age of Heroes. That just seems like a very generic kind of super supermanic type thing. Um, how many of these do you think will start with a black and white, like ultra slow motion shot? I thought that I was think... what the movie was. It's yeah, one. I... The whole the four hour movie is one scene. This <laughs> is black and white ultra slow mo. He he said that though that he thinks it's it's going to be offered in black and white, and he says that's how you should watch it insane yeah because that's what i that's that's how i like my comic book movies no color yeah but i mean he also said like well it worked well for sensei to be fair it's i think i actually would watch it in black and white if it's offered because i think it might be interesting uh but i mean it does seem like a sort of thing he's just doing to add depth that won't actually end up doing anything another thing you you, you picked up on it the other week that the vertical sort of aspect ratio is actually a thing that yeah he, that he said oh the superheroes they like stand tall and fly or something so it makes sense to have the vertical ratio to capture all the action interesting we shall see uh he, chapter three beloved mother beloved son uh, is, what is this a quote uh, no, that's not a quote. Oh, okay. I wonder if it's about the Marthas and the... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, would, it would amuse me so much if he persisted with that. <laughs> it just doubles down. It's not stupid. <laughs> that's really why I liked him. It's, it's, it, the worst part is I kind of got the reasoning behind it, but just having it done through the Muller's name which yeah. just didn't work like like the whole concept he was going for is the two of them needing to realize that they aren't 
so different, even if that is a cliche, did make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I remember mean, not hating it in the cinema. Yeah. Like not even really addressing it. And then just after after all the memes came out after you know, after seeing it, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's actually that's yeah. really dumb. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that if you don't think about it, it seems fine, but like it just doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Yeah. That's the tagline of Zack Snyder's Justice yeah. League. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Um anyway, chapter four. This is in quotes, change machine. Oh, that's gotta be something to do with cyborg. Just someone trying change machine, change. <laughs> I no, I assume this this whole chapter is gonna be about like um you know, you know, if you go to like a, an amusement park and there's uh, little slot machines or little 2p, yeah. 10p machines. So, of course, to get change for maybe your five pound, ten pound notes, you have to go to the change machine. Yeah. Uh, and you get all of your 2p's out. I think that's going to be the focus of that section, probably. Uh, can you imagine if it's like a bit, bit of a stretch, but bear with me. You know how there's the chapter in Kill Bill, which is all an anime, which explains already mm. she's. Uh, backstory. Could you imagine yeah. if it's like, an, like an, they cut into anime as oh like a Joker <laughs> talking yeah. about like a sad day at the amusement park where like <laughs> it's something completely banal, like his dad doesn't buy him candy floss or something, and he goes, and that's what started me on this route. But that's that's Joker as a pirate, I think, but. <laughs> <laughs> But like it, it would just it would fit Jared Leto's Joker so well that it wasn't like something deeply traumatic that caused him, or it was just some like his dad didn't buy didn't buy him a toy or something at yeah, the fairground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of of all of those tattoos that Jared Leto's hat that Jared Leto's Joker has, he actually has one. You never see it, but across his across his shoulders, he has a tattoo that says, uh, "It's not just a phase." Uh, <laughs> he has that tattooed across his back. <laughs> Wait, where's this my chemical romance tattoo? Uh, I think he is a my chemical romance tattoo. It's it's that it's so meta. Look, you probably wouldn't get it. Um, and before people send in hate, I don't think there has been any hate so far in the the inbox. But before people send to you, I do like my chemical romance. It's just also incredibly <laughs> funny to make those jokes to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know you can shop at Hot Topic, but you can't you can't not make fun of people who shop at Hot Topic. Yeah, it's silly. Um, all right, chapter five. We're almost there. We're pushing through. Chapter five is called "All the King's Horses," obviously a reference to Humpty Dumpty. Mm. Um, I assume Humpty Dumpty. That's a metaphor for also the Joker. <laughs> it might not be a metaphor. One of there is a villain in the DC universe called Humpty Dumpty. So yeah, I, that's probably what I, it I is. swear I'm not joking. There is one. No, I, I know, but I think, yeah, I, I reckon that's what it is. Imagine that. This I'd whole Justice League movie just, it just builds like, up. Dark side appears and he just, he's killed within this, the first five minutes of his appearance by Humpty Dumpty. He just... Time for the real villain to step into place and Humpty Dumpty appears. <laughs> so, uh, this is something that's confusing me. Uh, is Darkseid the main villain now? Have they just sort of 
said like it is retconning the whole Steppenwolf thing. I know I've seen the trailer. I know Steppenwolf is in it, but are they just sort of like relegating him to secondary antagonist or what? Yeah, I'm not sure because there's also um, two other villains who have been added for this version. So I can't remember what they're called, but they're effectively uh, DC's version of the, you know, like the children of Thanos in the Marvel yeah comics and movies um it's it's the same sort of idea so it's dark side and then his kind of uh his entourage and yeah yeah like so i'm not sure i'm not sure whether because obviously i think the original idea for the justice league was that dark side would be sort of a looming threat that would then be that storyline would be followed up in subsequent movies but maybe if Zack Snyder knows that this is kind of his last attempt to get this out there, maybe he's going to just try and do the whole story, you know, in one movie. So maybe he is like, he's, he's basically, um, you know, moving all of that forward to bring the whole dark side uh, storyline to a close in this one film. So yeah. I, I'm not sure. Cause obviously that's, I mean, that's the big thing with this film is like, people people are saying oh well now he gets to do his original vision but it's it's not going to be his original vision it's his his vision with what two years of hindsight now on top of it plus the fact that there's going to be he knows that he's not really getting another shot at this so it's it's not going to be what he originally wanted it's going to be what he now decides is going to be the best thing to put out so if he i i wouldn't be surprised if he's going to try and fit you know three films worth of of plot into this to try and get his whole vision out there i was going to make a jigsaw comparison to how he's trying to move the pieces of the movie around to try and create a new picture but then i sort of thought about him having to find extra pieces and pieces that he didn't think were originally part of the jigsaw and i just thought no that's an absolute (laughs) mess of a comparison and i thought that's Mm. an absolute mess of of a production (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that is sort of a good analogy though um an absolute mess of a production Uh, and the final chapter close us off this is quotes again um and this chapter is called something darker spooky joker Joker. yeah i reckon all the quotes are joker um yeah, I reckon that's maybe going to be the the nightmare scene, a reference to that, you know, the future kind of nightmare yeah. scene. But I suppose, I don't know, any of them could be that, couldn't they? Is your DC movie looking shit? Crowbar Joker in every possible point, even if it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I mean, I was going to say, I was about to say there's definitely A, but there's definitely 10 to 12 different drinking games that you could play with this movie easily. Yeah you know um a drink drink every time joker says something edgy edgy is uh quoted there <laughs> you know drink every time that every time a a slowed down version of an old timey song plays while everything's in slow motion uh, <laughs> oh drink every time jesse eisenberg does his mark zuckerberg impression <laughs> Do you reckon Lex Luthor's going to show up again in this? He Maybe. was in the original cut, wasn't he? Like, I'm not missing. He was in a. That. He was in a post-credits, definitely. I, I think, to be fair, in terms of villains in the new DC movies, he's been one of the stronger aspects. 
as well. Oh, yeah. I the best out of it just because he's doing the social network role dialed up to 11. But I do, as a modern interpretation of Lex Luthor, I do quite like it because if there was a Lex Luthor today, sort of unhinged tech bro billionaire would be what he would be. Yeah, I think I, I yeah, I do really like Eisenberg's performance apart from like, I think in that movie, it's maybe too far in the, in the it's sort of like, how does he get anything done? Like, it's hard to believe that he built this massive uh, empire of, of technology when he's like as crazy as he is. Um, but maybe that's, you know, maybe he's snapped at that point or whatever. And he's sort of, uh, I would like to see more of that character though, maybe a more restrained version, kind of more uh, classic businessman-y type Lex Luthor character. Also, I just really, I really like Jesse Eisenberg, to be honest, as a villain. So I think that could be cool. Yeah, I mean, to be, I, I think, I think th- there's just, it's, you can say it so much about a fair few of the DC movies. There's a lot of interesting concepts that maybe aren't executed as well as they could be. I mean, I think Jesse Eisenberg's performance is good, but I mean, some of the dialogue and Batman versus Superman, he got shackled with was weak. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that that is true of a lot of movies where it's it can be hard to pinpoint exactly where the downfalls are, you know, and it can be scene to scene. In one scene, it can be the performance, and then in a, another scene, it's the writing. Another scene, it's the directing. It's another scene, it's the editing. You know, uh, it's yeah. kind of that thing of like it's not always just one problem that that happens with these things. Sometimes everything can be perfect, and it's just one thing lets down one particular scene and then you know it's uh 10 tiny things in every scene can make a massive or can make it seem like such a massive problem you know even though the, each individual thing is so small yeah do you do the only other thing i can think about the dc movies when you look at the ones that have been successful mm. i think when you see the success of wonder woman aquaman shazam kind of birds of Prey, obviously, Birds of Prey, and it was supposed to be very good. Uh, and but you'll sort of see why it's not doesn't apply quite as much. Mm. Uh, and and again, sort of Suicide Squad, half in this category, half not. Is people want to watch DC movies that don't have to don't lean on Batman, Superman, and the Joker. Now you'll yeah. still watch Batman, Superman movies, but. You know, there's just been so much done with Batman, Superman, the Joker. I mean, it takes a lot to provide a new spin on it, like what Joaquin Phoenix managed. But I mean, you, people just want something new, you know, they don't want to watch the same yeah. thing for the rest exactly. of the time. Yeah. And I mean, uh, again, don't send any heat in, but I I didn't really care for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie at all. Like, not that I didn't like it at all. I thought. Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible performance and it was very like a good movie but every single time that it tried to make that movie about the Joker I hated it even more because it just there wasn't one thing about that character that was like the Joker from the comics you know I mean for for one the Joker in the comics famously has no backstory or at best an incredibly cloudy backstory that changes every single time you you see him you know and there's ranging theories from he is I mean there was recently a a story of the three jokers storyline there's been other ones that have suggested that he's some kind of immortal being there's other things that it's you know 
uh, he's just a crazy guy, fell in a vat of acid, the kind of classic thing, whatever. Um, and to just be like, no, he was just a, a really sad person. Like, he's also not even smart in that film. Nothing about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker ever made me think he could go toe-to-toe with Batman. You know what I mean? Like, the Joker should be crazy, but a, an absolute genius, like Heath Ledger's Joker, you know, where he's unpredictable, but he's meticulous, you know, and, oh. and you could believe that Batman wouldn't be able to get around his jokes. You know, Batman's, okay. if, especially if it's Ben Affleck's Batman, he's going to kill Joaquin Phoenix's Joker real fast. I mean, yeah, I would still arguably much rather that than Jared Leto's Joker, but still, it's just... But so it. maybe it was wrong to attach it to the Jokers itself, but I thought as a, a character studying movie, it was very interesting. Yeah, so, and obviously Jack, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was uh, was a 10 out of 10, absolutely amazing. I thought it was very interesting as a character study movie. I mean, I, it was set in the 70s, but I thought, you know, it played on themes that were relevant today, you know, that sort of idea of... Um, you know, you have like you hear about these like lonely uh, men online who are sort of like radicalized. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I know it's that's not what this movie was. This was a man with issues that yeah. that didn't get them resolved. But I thought it, it was made with a nod to what's going on today. Definitely, that's not, yeah. that's not too straight. Uh, no, too I far, think I think there's a no. I mean, a perfect. A perfect way to illustrate that is the amount of people you do see online who find yeah. themselves relating to characters yeah. like the Joker, characters who you're absolutely not meant to relate to, and to filmmakers go out of their way to, yeah. especially when it's a protagonist, go out of their way to be like, no, you, sh- you shouldn't root for this guy. Yeah. Who characters, who people, you know, uh, and uh, as much as you know, you, you hate to say it, but young men go in and watch these and then go out on the internet and say whoa yeah i wish i was like him i wish i could do what the joker does and it's like no that's that's been a problem for ages and i mean it's 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 people who can't cast a critical eye on the movie it's yeah it's the same way people idolize travis bickle from uh taxi driver tyler Durden from fight club uh, Jordan yeah. Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, these, yeah. the filmmakers in these movies do a lot to portray these guys as 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 bad people, but th- there's there's something at their core that people agree with, like people like Jordan Belfort's charisma, the, the way uh, Travis Bickle and ta- Taxi Driver wanted to st- stand up against... Uh, the undesirables of New York City. I'm, I know this is on podcast. I'm putting that in uh, air quotations because I would really <laughs> like to point out Travis Bickle's views are abhorrent in Taxi Driver and all the good he does in that movie is more by accident. And I mean, he was. Uh, do, do not idolize Travis Bickle. Uh, no. Or, or that's that's Roar, very much Roar the point we're making. <laughs> Roar Shark and Watchmen. Another yeah, good example there's of there's that. there's so many great examples of things like this. Uh, you know, like Rick from Rick and Morty, and it's like, yeah, as you say, people go out of their way to show that they're horrible people, and still people are like, but spaceship, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's less of an issue with someone like Rick, which is clearly played for laughs. And yeah, people um, still miss the point, but at least it's a comedy. Like, 
people putting on Heath Ledger Joker profile pictures that one didn't feel that bad because whilst because at least it was clearly still in a comic book here and there's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker muddied the waters a bit it's it felt closer to something that could conceivably happen in real life yeah and I think also like even Heath Ledger's Joker it's he's still the villain of that movie and that there is still a the protagonist is still the hero it's when you have these movies where the the character that you're actually following is a villain effectively you know and but people watching sort of and I I feel like this maybe just natural kind of it's it's what you're uh what you're programmed to do from watching movies is to root for the protagonist you know it's kind of like autopilot when you see the main character it's like oh this is the person that I'm that I like in this movie this is the person who I want to win uh, yes. so it's you have to you have to have a bit of awareness if you're going to watch movies like that yeah. and be I, just have a have a little bit of sense generally I, I should not be I, swayed by it I wouldn't even say just movies like that I think when you're consuming media whether it's the news or whatever or a tv show it's important to cast the critical eye on it uh, yeah you, you can't just take everything at face value most movies aren't intended to be taken just at face value you, you need to think about what you're watching Oh, okay. No, not like everything. I don't expect people have a deep philosophical insight into the hangover. You can't just watch movies for entertainment. But I I would say more serious movies, is, it's important to think about what the movie's about. Yeah, if if you if you want to take something away from a movie, you have to watch it critically. But yeah. if you don't want to take anything away from it, watch it however you want, you know? Yeah. You don't have to, sorry, yeah, I, that was really pretentious from me. You don't have to have a deep, take a deep meaning away from Joker, but I mean, if you're going to change your profile picture online to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and say bad things on Twitter, maybe you need to have a look at yourself. Exactly. See, we're getting we're getting all kinds of deep on this podcast. Look, we're getting yeah. further and further into the the murky waters of uh, yeah. getting cancelled. Yeah, I, I do apologize to people if you enjoy the more comic side of the podcast. I just feel like, you know, when we find something like that that's got a bit of depth to it, I do like to explore it sometimes. We do try to keep things light. Yeah, exactly. And listen, if 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 we're talking about you right now and you get offended by it, then, you know, good. Have a look at yourself. Yeah. Know who this is for, you know? Yeah, just. Um, just think about things. It's important to think these days. Exactly. Thinking is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, to, to just look back to something you were saying about Justice League and, and the DC movies, uh, you were saying how some of the most enjoyable DC movies we've seen have been when they don't rely on Batman and Superman and the Joker. And I think that's really true. Um, and we do have one more piece of DC news, which I think kind of leads into that, which uh, you'll be happy to hear. And that is, of course, that DC are planning a a new J.J. Abrams-produced Superman movie. I I kind of like J.J. Abrams, I guess. I mean, I I don't know where I really sit with this one. I feel feel like, is it going to have Henry Cavill? Well, that's that's the thing. So it's it's Abrams producing, not directing necessarily. There's no there's no one attached to it yet, but it is getting made, and JJ Abrams is producing. Uh, I think I I actually when I first read it, I thought it was JJ Abrams directing, and I thought I actually really liked that for a Superman movie. I thought JJ Abrams could do a great Superman movie. 
Of course, my first thought is we absolutely don't need to see another Superman movie. Yeah. But, um, but there, the, the big reason I wanted to talk about this is because there's uh, the main rumor with this is that this is going to be a non-Clark Kent Superman. So we're going to get an, an alternate version of Superman. DC are pretty play pretty fast and loose at the minute with what's connected to their main uh, main timeline and what's you know alternate universe, what's kind of half connected. I think you know Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey and that are sort of yeah. they're they're loosely tied, but uh, I think that's honestly at the minute I think that's the best way for them to do it because then if if they just do a million movies it it's whichever ones are good kind of thing you yes. know it means you don't have to worry when you if some if, if someone just absolutely whiffs a character that you like and they make a crap movie it's all right because you can just wait till they make another version of it in a year or two um i think something cool could happen here you know there's some pretty cool superman car like other characters who have taken up the superman mantle in the comics um i, I, I feel should... like though I'd kind right, of prefer if they're going to do a Superman movie that isn't Superman, like for the Superman universe, I'd prefer maybe, or like, a, sorry, is her name Superwoman or Supergirl? I can't remember. I would, I would I prefer. I think it's to... been both. Uh, uh, Supergirl is like the, the I guess, more, more common version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it I, has I, been both. I'd prefer a Supergirl movie if that was the case, personally, just because I think having a Superman movie when you already have a canon Superman. Not to insult the audience's intelligence, but I think that could kind of get confusing. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely possible as well because, like I said, there's hardly any details about this. I don't even know if there's any writers connected to it or if they have, like, any Mm -hmm. material they're pulling from or whatever. It's this very much the 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 vaguest of announcements but i think that could be something cool there are lots of other versions of superman i think yeah they're gonna do it i think supergirl is a great way to go go for it or maybe a um crypto not, not using the superman name Cri- you know crypto the super dog i would i oh. would i would <laughs> just a solo crypto watch. the super dog movie i would still go watch <laughs> that movie there's not been a good like they, well, there was that Harrison Ford one they tried to do, but I don't think the dog could talk. No, there's not been a good talking dog movie for yeah. a while. They they released that Lady in the Tramp movie on Disney Plus, but I no one watched it. I don't think anybody I saw that keep film. Track of what Disney every they have. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting until they make do the live action rescuers down under. You last night they will make that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm looking forward to that one. I love Rescuers Down Under. But George George of the Jungle Three, or for whichever, like a sequel <laughs> to whichever one was the last one. But a new George of the Jungle, friend Fraser. Where is that been? That's what Where's the people it? want to know. <laughs> That's what the people are asking for. Um, but yeah, honestly, I um, I I'm not like massively familiar with comics generally, but I'm much more familiar with Marvel than DC anyway. So I don't know loads about other versions of superman uh i know like i i love the superman red sun comic which is the the sort of what if storyline where he lands in soviet russia instead um oh that is a good and one and it's yeah. got some really cool kind of alternate timeline stuff uh do you think they would do you think they would do that i mean i would watch that definitely but like i think they might be slightly scared of trying to uh 
picture as pro- well, it's not pro-Soviet. It's just like the main character, the protagonist is a Soviet. I think they might yeah. genuinely not be keen on pitching that in the US. Yeah, potentially. And it also, uh, yeah, it, it could be a tricky one. Um, but it, just, it would just be also, something interesting. Time, it is still, uh, as much as it's not Clark Kent, it's still the exact same, it's Kal-El, you know, the same Superman yeah. person. So it could. It, it's going to be, casting an actor who is just very like Henry Cavill again if you don't get yeah. Henry Cavill so that's, that's I think I honestly I think you got it right first time look I think Super Supergirl is the would be a great a great one to see yeah. I, I'd like that a lot um, just, I I feel like just something where they don't have to be shackled by what's already established or yeah. having to try and redo the superman or batman origin story i just think people would enjoy that so much more than having to retread everything like yeah uh, you know uh what what you call it he's turning into uncle ben the number of times he's died on screen now <laughs> um what superman's uh, adopted dad adopted dad um park and whatever his actual name is yeah um, forgotten as well he, yeah, we don't need to see that again. They got a big actor for uh, Kevin Cost. It was Kevin Costner and Man of Steel, which I didn't. I I like. I liked Man of Steel. Thought it was a good movie. Yeah, actually, I like that too. Um, yeah, I think the the less confusing they can make it, the better. So the the fewer characters they have to bring back or recast, you know, um, it's gonna just make it. It makes everything nicer. As, like DC, they just have so many characters they can use. I would absolutely love to see some some new stuff and just uh yeah, don't don't worry about making stuff connected. If if directors want to, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. And just just get some weird stuff going. You know, I'm I'm really excited for uh Suicide Squad and some of the new DC stuff. Justice League, you know, it's gonna be an event. So I, I absolutely <laughs> think the, the the direction they've gone in more with those like Suicide Squad movies and uh, Birds of Prey up is the right direction to go in. Uh, obviously, you can't do like Batman and Superman with that style, but I think this sort of fun pop punk style they yeah. did with those movies is absolutely the way to go. Definitely, people it's enjoy sort of it. A, it's more fun yeah, to watch. It's it's got that same kind of vibrant color that Marvel has, but it's got a, a bit of a grimier vibe yeah. that sort of differentiates it enough that it's not like it's not the clean polished kind of Marvel style it's got some real like grit uh, to those characters which i really really like and yeah. that feels much more dc to me so i yeah, think like, yeah, yeah they've they've hit they've definitely hit their stride i'm yeah, just like, hoping they they maintain that pace you know no no one in the marvel universe is going to grab a baseball bat and beat someone up with it when they're the Not hero yet. but <laughs> it's just knowing that there's that darker v and yeah. running three where someone could do something like that just think adds a nice element to it definitely see we don't always we don't always hate on dc stuff i, I like i i would go on record as saying i probably prefer dc's characters just the marvel cinematic universe is so much better done yeah and even like probably uh i'd have to count it out but i would say it's arguably i've liked more of the dc movies than i've not liked 
maybe I just think it would be close it would be close but their yeah, bad movies have been their most high profile movies is their problem yeah exactly it's, it's easy to forget the good ones I completely forgot Shazam even yeah. existed until you mentioned it earlier oh I think it was I, I never watched it. I'm not gonna lie I thought I heard it was supposed to be good it, it was really good no I, I really liked it I just that's what I'm saying I completely oh, forgot right, okay. like I'm forgetting about the good ones because <laughs> yeah. uh, the yeah, bad did... ones are so like that's all you talk about or all you no, talk about been so much less of a problem for than if Wonder Woman had been a bit of a stinker and Justice League had been great, you know, whereas yeah, Wonder Woman was great and Justice League was the stinker. Exactly. It, it makes it so much trickier. Um, so much more confusing as well, like how they absolutely smash the smaller movies and can't do the big ones. Yeah, maybe it's just the, the pressure, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes when there's all that pressure it's tricky you know uh, it happens to a lot of guys they, they probably actually they probably take more risks in the smaller movies like uh not not that they weren't well known but like i mean if you look at who who's directed the um smaller movies it's more of a risk like they gave i think it was the guy who did the so the early saw movies they let him do aquaman uh i think wonder woman patty jenkins i don't think she'd really done like anything superhero or action before she was more of a uh more she directed this is gonna sound dumb but more wordy movies yeah like character driven movies script driven yeah. movies um yeah no i i think i think you're right it's it's just it's letting directors do what they want to do and that's you know that's why we've got the snyder cut now is because he wasn't allowed to do what he wanted to do and obviously he had to go off the project and everything but that's that's why we had this problem in the first place with Justice League and why so many people were asking for this is because it wasn't uh, it wasn't true to what Zack Snyder wanted. So fair enough, I say, let them make what they want to make um, yeah. and we'll just see what happens. There's been a, a pretty heavy news episode, which I was not expecting. I didn't think we were going to talk on news for so long, but we had a few tangents there. Uh, but we do have a topic for this week. Um, that it's not like a massive topic so we may not speak on it that long but we thought this will be a nice again semi-recurrent topic we can come back to to do some filmographies of different uh, actors or directors or whatever we happen to be doing um, talking about some of our favorites that they've done uh, and this week we're going to start off with the filmography of Brad Pitt uh, one William Bradley Pitt is his full oh. name uh, <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Brad Pitt is an American actor. Uh, he is 57 years old, and he has been in a lot of incredible movies that we both really like. Uh, so we're going to go through some of some of our favorite Brad Pitt movies. And uh, look, I have a little rating system for this. Let me know what you think about this. Okay. So for each Brad Pitt performance, uh, we're going to give it a vote, whether we think it's good or bad. Uh, we're going to give it... Did it make us glad Pitt or did it make us sad Pitt? Uh, that's going to be our... Thank you. Um, and that's going to be our, our rating system for these uh, these Brad Pitt performances. I reckon there's going to be lots of glad Pitts in this. But uh, yeah, look, do you want to start us off with one of your favourite Brad Pitt movies? Okay. Yeah, first I'll sort of like, again, just extend the length of this podcast to make Reese's job <laughs> harder uh, by talking about something that's not 
what I was asked to and say. Okay, we uh, can have a long I, one. Let's let's do a long one. Look, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I I sort of I came up with the idea of Brad Pitt for this bit because I think he's maybe one of the most interesting actors in Hollywood because you had someone who broke on the scene. Uh, I think late eighties, early nineties, who was like probably at the time looked like your stereotypical pretty boy Hollywood actor and probably could have just gone on to do sort of like rom-coms and easy roles but he over, since then it, you're going to struggle to find a big Holly, A-list Hollywood actor who has done the sheer range of roles that he has. I mean there's the great yeah. quote, no idea who said it but I mean I see it repeated all the time this is not something I've come up with where people describe him as a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, yes. No, I think like one of the few people I could draw parallels with that I think we'll almost definitely do an episode on in the future is uh, DiCaprio. I think a very yeah. similar thing, like broke onto the scene, like you say, very much a, a leading man rom com type uh, of, of face, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and like you say, could have just done that forever and could have still been working today doing those sorts of roles. But of course, I mean, we've seen DiCaprio do incredible stuff, and I would, I would love to do an episode on DiCaprio as well. So I'm sure we'll come back to that in the future. Yeah. Um, so, okay, yeah, back, some great back, roles. Back to topic. I will come out with my first pick: guns blazing, both literally and figuratively, and pick Lieutenant Aldo Rian and Inglorious Bastards. Excellent, excellent pick. Uh, this is one of your favourite movies ever, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely love it. Yes, so good. Okay, I, I'll say as a role, it's it's brilliant. It's it's often overshadowed in the movie just because of the sheer brilliance of Christoph Waltz's Hans Lander, uh, which I mean, it's fair enough. No one, I don't think there's a single actor in Hollywood that could have competed with uh, Christoph Waltz in that movie. <laughs> absolutely captivating every second he's on screen but I think when once if you sort of take um, Hans Land out of the picture with Lieutenant Aldo and what you're left with is one of the the most different most different a bad way of phrasing that but you are left with one of the most different uh pro- protagonist performances in a Tarantino movie uh, yeah he does he can he can be threatening in the movie he can be funny he again it's just in the way Hans Lander keeps your attention focused on him every scene he's in uh, Pitt does the same as Aldo Rian throughout the movie yeah it's a it's a real like a role that just kind of spotlights that performance you know um it gives it gives the audience every chance to just see see what an actor can do yeah and and, and kind of the brilliance of the role is the way he acts it's almost it's kind of like sort of a tongue-in-cheek parody of what would have been the classical hollywood protagonist in the world war ii movie back in the day like the way when he's supposed to be disguising himself as a, an Italian at the mm. ball at the end of the movie speaks no stereotypical <laughs> American accent ever going, hola. <laughs> Ultimately, what it comes down to, look, uh, Inglorious Bastards, 
do you do you give it a glad pit or a sad pit? Oh, glad pit. I mean, yeah, the movie and an obvious. I'm glad not. Pit. I'm not. I'll not spoil the movie, but I don't see how anyone could walk out of that movie upset. <laughs> yeah, uh, a glad pit from me as well. Uh, I'll say probably my favorite Brad Pitt performance. I mean, that's a bold claim, but also just one of my favorite movies, uh, Ocean's Eleven. Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. I mean, Ooh, an absolute, you know, star-studded cast and incredible performances from everyone. Everyone is absolutely putting in work in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I am a defender of the whole Ocean's franchise. I think uh, 12 and 13 are both really good. Uh, Ocean's 8 I thought was fine too. <laughs> um, but the the original cast, 11, 12 and 13, those original cast, I, I do really like all those movies. I know a lot of people will say kind of, the the sequels are are weaker, but I think it's it's such a strong cast and they're just it's it's charming lead after charming lead. You know, it's hard to go wrong. Uh I kind of I very much could just sit and watch all of those in a day, kind of if uh if you happen to be sick or perhaps hungover uh and you want to watch a movie that you don't really have to watch properly, you know, it's it's heists, but they're they're not complicated, and it spells it out for you at the end enough that you still go, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, it's I, it makes you seem smart when you watch Ocean's Eleven. I always think it's like, oh, cool. That's one, that's one of my favorite tropes and sort of like heist movies when they go back at the end and explain how it was all done. It's really, oh, yeah. you could argue maybe it's played out, but there's always something like there's always something so fun about it. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that for me is why I will just always watch Ocean's Eleven and kind of I find it incredibly rewatchable because heist movies as a genre, they're they're pretty rote. Like it's pretty established as to what's going to happen. You're going to have that moment at the end. And obviously there's uh, exceptions to this and people who do heist movies incredibly well. Um, but oh, that, that, I, that I do always... Morty. Yeah, that, that Rick and Morty episode, yeah. Um, that kind of spells out the tropes. I I will always if I want because I, I do I love heist movies as well, but I will often sort of think if I'm gonna watch a heist movie, it's gonna follow the exact same story beats as Ocean's Eleven. So I may as well just watch Ocean's Eleven again because I know I love it. Uh actually in saying Ocean's Eleven as well, may have missed it in our soundtracks episode as well. Uh it, has an absolutely stunning soundtrack specifically the the final song in oceans 11 which if you've seen the film you'll know what i'm talking about just a beautiful classical piece of music as well i i love that movie uh, and brad pitt in it just so so good i don't know his character's name you'll have to forgive me he plays one of the handsome charming men in oceans 11 uh and he's sort of the i guess would you call it the face uh, of of the operation? Is hard. I don't really sorry, know what all the heist terms are. Sorry, <laughs> I'm in George Clinic. I like I I have seen Ocean's Eleven, but it was years ago, so I, my memory on the movie isn't like well, I can't really remember anything. I want to say years. We're talking well over a decade ago. Mm. They do a heist. That's kind of uh, all you need to know. Uh, they do a heist, but yeah, him and him and George Clooney sort of between them are are the the leaders of the the heist group obviously there's 11 people all together uh and it's just it's got some great great performances but brad pitt just dialed his his charming up to 11 in that 
uh, which obviously he is already extremely charming. But in that movie specifically, it you just uh, his character has this weird thing. I don't know why they made the decision for the character, but he's eating in like almost every scene. Um, but you know they're always wearing these inc- incredible, expensive suits. Uh, you know, beautiful, expensive suits, and every scene he's like just going to town on like a burger or a hot dog or whatever. Uh, and there's something really about that that whole aesthetic that I really enjoy of like this guy who's he's really rich and he's like the gentleman heist kind of guy, but he also he's the kind of the rough and ready one of the two, yeah. you know, between him and George Clooney. Uh, I really like that as a character choice. Um, and it's like, it's a real small thing and it sort of seems a bit silly, but it, it really does work. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I think a sign of good performances in movies like that is if you leave, if you finish watching the film and all you can think of is, oh, I'd love to be uh, beautiful and rich and uh, just like go to expensive parties and do heists with like yeah. George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Yeah, the oceans. Every time I watch Oceans Eleven, if I watch it with someone, as soon as it ends and you're kind of talking about the movie, the question I always ask is, uh, if you had to do crimes, what sort of crime would you do? Uh, because obviously, uh, watching Oceans Eleven, I'm like, I would, I would do heists. Like, I would absolutely do uh, big money heists from like uh, evil billionaires. You know. Um, not that that's relevant to today's society at all, but <laughs> that's, that would be my crime of choice. Uh, and yeah, like you say, it takes, that's a sign of a great performance that you can watch a character and be like, if I was a criminal like them, what would I do? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Almost convince you. Uh, crime, so, crime's, crime's not uh, seedy or anything. It's just all a bit of a laugh, like an ocean's alive. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> There's no bad side to doing crime. It's so glamorous. <laughs> uh, but a, a big glad pit for me, that's going to get, of course. Uh, I'll go glad pit because, I, as I say, I can't really remember the movie, but I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. So, Excellent. Um, okay. You got another well, one for us? Yes, you picked your favorite Brad Pitt performance I'm gonna go with mine and pick Mickey from Snatch I've not seen Snatch before actually so you will have to uh, you'll have to convince me here I'll, I'll be a sad pit unless you can win me over <laughs> Snatch is well, you saw the gentleman didn't you? I did yeah just imagine the gentleman's but like bat shit and seeing <laughs> <laughs> nice uh that i mean that's a good way to win me over the gentleman uh, but everyone is incredibly bad at what they do <laughs> the gentleman's like uh sort of a british gangster movie guy Ritchie movie but a lot of it played for laughs like mm. so uh basically the movie just involves a, a bag of diamonds that get passed between various criminals of varying competency and whatever but Brad Pitt in it plays uh, Mickey a Irish traveller uh, bare knuckle boxer who mm. speaks in a completely unintelligible gibberish and uh, only breaking out from like a little bits of clarity when he says ask questions like do you like dags 
<laughs> I, I don't know how to do this performance justice because it sounds bizarre when you describe it but it just works so well because he fully commits to it and you fully believe that this like I think Brad, Brad Pitt's not a small guy but I mean he's not tall either and it's just by fights like big heavyweight guys and you can knock them out with one punch yeah it's just so good it's, it's, it's honestly it's hard to do the movie justice over description because it's like it's it's one of those movies you know it's a rarity and that it's pretty much the style it's done and it's completely unique mm. uh, uh i mean just some other things about the movie i love um vinnie jones is in it which automatically <laughs> makes it better as a yeah. gangster that everyone is absolutely terrified of um appropriately the, uh J- jason statham and his mate who i can't remember have this big bare knuckle boxer called big tom who they put in a fight against mickey and mickey knocks him out and he nice. just spends the rest of the movie about with <laughs> having to like eat things through a straw <laughs> um or the bank robbers who try to rob a uh like it's, it's i can't i think it's a post office and they I, they get stressed after the shutters come down and accidentally take off their masks. <laughs> oh, it's a bookies. They try to rob a bookies. That's it. It's just, it's so funny from start to finish. Amazing. Uh, so some some great moments there. No, it sounds good. I mean, yeah, I I love the gentleman. So um, that sounds sounds like a, a fun time. I'll definitely give that a go. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? Look, you've won me over. I'll, I'll say a glad pit as well, even not having seen it. Uh, I think you'll, you've won me over there. Oof, that's tense because you and you really <laughs> like a movie and you have to try and describe it, and then <laughs> yeah, describe things completely goes to pieces. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, I, I can do one here. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Um, but Brad Pitt's character in Moneyball. Have you seen Moneyball? Oh, no, again, it's one of those movies that you know sits on like your watch list ranges, and you know you should watch it, and you just never get around to it. But yeah. I'm familiar with the story. Uh, yeah, this is one I I see him. I I hadn't watched it for ages after kind of like you say sitting on my watch list, and then finally got round to it uh, after my sister recommended it to me. She was like, "Yep, yeah, you have to watch it." So I I put it on. It was on Netflix. Might still be on Netflix. Who knows? Um. Brad Pitt again. I I don't. I'm struggle so much to remember characters' names. So forgive me. He plays Billy Bean or something. It's not Billy Bean, but it's, it's Billy uh, something. You're right. Yeah. Uh, he is the. Oh, I, I don't know what the name the, of this job title yeah, is. Uh, Look, you'll like know. The, he's like the general manager, or something of the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, uh, the Oakland Athletics baseball team. He's basically he's in charge of sort of managing the players and things like that you know he he does does a lot of stuff behind the scenes and um, but the the whole idea behind moneyball is it, this is all real events that happened and um it's it's basically it's based in a theory of buying players that were cheap and affordable basically using maths to uh, figure out what the best uh combination of players you could get that would play well so they, they go through uh yeah they go through several different kind of methods of doing this of uh buying players that 
were very strong, competent players, but that no one else would hire for or no one else would get for whatever reason. So, you know, they have a, a pitcher who nobody would get because he just threw the ball weird. And that was like the only reason uh, he just had this bizarre kind of throw. But other than that, he was, you know, a, an incredible player. Um, I'm going to absolutely butcher some terms here as I try to talk about sports. Uh, but as a non-sports fan, I absolutely love this movie. And basically they uh, they lead the Oakland A's to great, great success. Um, great success. I, they win. <laughs> I, is it still the, the all-time record for consecutive wins? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it's still the record, but yeah, they did set the record for consecutive regular season wins. Uh, yeah, but in the end, they don't win the big game. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely butchering sports. Uh, I don't think we have any baseball fans. We're probably fine. I um, am ultimate... a baseball fan. I'm yeah. really enjoying you trying to remember oh, yeah. the term. <laughs> yeah, the, the big game, they, they ultimately lose the big game. And basically there's like this incredibly melancholy ending that it, despite this being proved because throughout the whole film they kind of face uh, the opposition of people saying oh this isn't how baseball works you can't you can't try and use numbers to figure out baseball it's it's a true american sport and it's about gut and it's about heart and it's about guys who can get out and just play ball you know and uh, they face all this opposition all this backlash basically not letting them play the way that they know is the optimal way kind of based on their uh research and then there's this this horrible ending that basically since then no one maybe not no one but almost no one has actually adopted this idea or this theory into their sporting sense you know i'm sure it's probably been done in some ways but to the same degree nobody ever really tried it again there's yeah. Just they went back to the same kind of idea of no, it's got to be done this way, and uh, it's this horrible like oh, but it almost worked. But because they just didn't win that last game, it's like uh, we'll just forget about this silly experiment, you know, and kind of chalk it up to just oh, it was just some crackpot theory, you know. I sorry, I just have to say the whole time I've been thinking about it, I've remembered the bit and. Brooklyn Nine Nine, where Captain Holt <laughs> talks about watching this movie, and it's like he talks about watching it and loving oh, it. Yeah. Goes, I, I didn't know you liked sports, Captain. He was just like, it was a movie about Maz, and just cuts him in the theater, <laughs> crying and going, the numbers, they're beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, for I suppose maybe people might not know this. Uh, we did talk a little while ago about um our university experiences and I mentioned that I didn't go to university I was I was meant to go to university and I did uh, I got accepted to study maths uh, pure maths at university and I, I chose not to go so that may provide more context as to why I had a very similar uh, experience with this movie as someone who does absolutely love maths and the idea that you can use maths to win sports I've been uh, a big fan of that as a, as a premise of just being a nerd who can figure out how to do sports good i love it <laughs> yeah i mean there is jobs like that nowadays for people in sport like just basically go through spreadsheets and yeah use it to provide information for the coaches i mean you're kind of you're right in that no team's gone full money ball since um you, you sort of 
it, it, but it has been more adapted into sports uh, saver mm. metrics. Um, I, but you know, you still nowadays, if you, even if your stats are good, you feel the eye test, you'll not get signed by people. Yeah, definitely. And it is, I mean, it is, it's such a massive risk to do that with an entire team, you know, um, I, the, the reason I suppose I should maybe say that the reason the Oakland days had to do it was because they literally just didn't have the money and they were losing their players and they, they felt like it was a, a massive disservice because they sort of, they could see that it was impossible for them to beat these other teams who had 10 times the money that they did, you know, uh, in comparison, they sort of thought there's no other way to do this unless we do something incredibly smart and efficient with the money that we have. Uh, oh, yeah, I just really like that as probably an back, idea. Probably back then you were talking about, like, there, there was a northeastern hegemony in baseball. Like, I mean, if, if, you want, if you were a good player, you wanted to be playing for the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or the or Philly or whoever. Yeah. Um, no, but yes. it is that that whole movie and Brad Pitt's performance is the only reason that the Oakland Athletics are my favorite baseball team. <laughs> uh, and they are to this day. I have an Oakland Athletics hat, a, a little green and yellow cap. I mean, I have a lot of baseball caps because I like baseball caps, but that that one is actually one of my favorite ones. Uh, so and that's the reason because they used Maz that one time so <laughs> fair play to Brad Pitt for for winning me over uh and making the Oakland days my my all-time favorite basketball or baseball team basketball team god I'm losing all the sports fans look win it back <laughs> win them back mm. talked about basketball earlier yes uh pass me the rock <laughs> Uh, but do you do you have any more? We can maybe do a a couple more. Um, sort of trying to think off the top of my head. I want I really want to watch Fury because I know he's supposed to be brilliant in that, but I haven't seen Fury, so I'm not going to talk about my ass about the film. <laughs> no, I've not seen that either. <laughs> I haven't seen. That's a bad idea. Uh, just... or is it? <laughs> I mean, let I us know. Let laugh. us know if you want to. Let us know if you want to hear us talk about a film neither of us have seen before. That's like a good laugh. episode. <laughs> it's just like he gets angry at Shia LaBeouf in a tank. Like I think they cry at some point. Mm. Yeah, it's the probably, war. Probably bluff my way through it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that sometimes, don't you? Where like people are talking about what the popular TV show at the moment is, and like you, you kind of contribute something because you've heard about it, and like then they start talking to you as if you've watched it, and you have to make a 50-50 decision at that point as to whether you have to have the, not that awkward, the semi-awkward bit where you say, I haven't actually seen it, or if you just decide, yeah, yeah I'll bluff my way through this. No, I think definitely <laughs> like, I mean, me and you, we we both we, we both admit that we are by no means uh, movie aficionados, you know, we're we are not making any claims here that we know more than we do. Uh, but like having a podcast where you talk about movies will lead some people around you to to think that you know stuff about movies. And we definitely don't. So it happens to me a lot with, um, you know, my siblings or, or uh, friends who will, they'll just assume you've seen every movie that exists, especially like classic movies. And there there's a lot of movies that I have not seen. And it, you have to make that, that quick decision as to whether you want to say you haven't seen it and hear them explain it to you or pretend you've seen it and lie. And I would say 
honestly an embarrassing amount i just lie and say that i've seen it <laughs> yeah yeah no my, my movie knowledge is weird and i would say i've seen a lot of obscure movies because i quite like trying weirder things but like i just so many big movies and classic movies i've not seen like i've never seen the matrixes matrices actually if you're talking about them as plural, they're the matrices <laughs> excellent <laughs> <laughs> that that's gonna kill with some people and other people are just gonna go why am i listening oh, yeah. to this an excellent matrices joke <laughs> i saw an opportunity i had to go for it i mean you've we, we've lost the sports fans today but we have won the mass fans the mass fans are here to stay after today's episode this, this podcast is reaching such a is reaching an intersection just like the world's weirdest Venn diagram. <laughs> it's a bizarre dynamic of, sport- of fan that we're creating here. Yeah, the sporty ones didn't even get the time when I did my Super Bowl rundown because that was our missing episode. Oh, no. Thought the missing episode had some real quality content then. It was a decent episode, actually. Yeah, I was sad to lose it. Let us know if you want to hear us talk again about whatever we talked about in that episode it was also the the lost valentine's day episode it was the sexiest episode of the podcast Ooh, yeah the sexy episode of the podcast things that you'll have to you'll have to wait till next next year for another sexy episode valentine's day episode yeah Ooh. yeah um okay, but yeah but i can i can rattle off a couple of uh Brad Pitt rules here if you want to hear some stuff. I thought of one I wanted to talk about first quickly before we sort of yeah, go definitely. into a list. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I have that as well. Great. As I think you're talking about a movie where a performance... Uh, sorry, the way I'm going to phrase that is going to make it sound like I'm slagging off the script. I'm not. The script is great, like all Tarantino films, but a character who just exudes per uh, exudes pure charisma and up uh, mm. and the character is absolutely carried by it because I mean, it's just you, you don't uh, the movie's weird the movie has a lot of dialogue but very little story it's it's part i loved it like i mean i knew there were lots of people including big tarantino fans who didn't care for that movie because it meandered so much it was two and a half hours with maybe like 20 minutes of story yeah but i loved it just the, the, the shots of like uh golden age hot sorry no it's not golden age hollywood that's a lie golden age hollywood was like the 30s or something but like silver that, age hollywood. That, that that particular era of hollywood in the 60s and yeah. just like the conversations about nothing well of course i like conversations about nothing i do this podcast Uh, and and he's a character in a movie with lots of dialogue he doesn't even speak that much everything about this character is just a list of contradictions but anyone who's seen the movie will know will love his character i think cliff it's an absolute like it's just the character works on so many levels like definitely i think it is it's a a complicated character in the sense of just because of the movie that he exists in and and what I mean by complicated is that it I think that movie as a whole feels because it meanders and everything so much it feels very like real life kind of thing it's you know it's ridiculous and it's exaggerated but 
it feels Yelping. like this it feels like this stuff's really happening and it feels like this is a character who exists there's like there it's not a one beat character there's more to his personality than just you know even like oceans 11 i was saying you know there's more than just him being a charming guy who does yeah. a heist you know it's like oh no this is a this is a real person who has a job and a life in hollywood and he like he just exists the way He's that you a- would exist in the world complicated character as he may also have killed his wife in the movie <laughs> yes hard to um, say for certain that's sorry i should say that's not a spoiler that's not like the point of the movie like his wife oh, yeah, is yeah. dead at the start of the movie it's like it, it's it's kind of a plot point but it's not a big plot point yeah that's uh, not it's not the it's not what the movie's about sort of like the way you know the movie just clearly says like this guy can kick anyone's ass yeah exactly um, no, I really, I, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a lot as well. Um, probably not as much as you, but also I'm not like as big a Tarantino fan as you. Again, not to say that I'm not a Tarantino fan, but obviously he's one of your all-time greats. Um, but no, I, I liked it a lot. I think, yeah, the meandering and stuff, it was just, I don't know, it was just, it's nice to see something different and sort of weird. And you're like, you get really into it. You know, it's it's intriguing and sort of a really interesting kind of dynamic uh viewing experience so yeah i think really good glad Le- fit for me as well <laughs> i'm just saying like, like leonardo dicaprio's best seeing that he wasn't even acting with another person in the room he was acting with himself as like talking to himself as if he was two different characters in the caravan mm. oh yeah man i honestly I, I haven't seen that movie since uh since we watched it in the cinema but i don't man, i don't even know if it's a dialogue movie. I'd want to watch again. Uh, no, just, I think it's just, worth the it's, it's worth the single experience. Yeah, you know, just, of, of not, not in a bad way. I wouldn't want to watch it again just because, like, I feel like it's more. Of, it's almost again. I think I said earlier in the podcast. I said something super pretentious, and this one's going to sound <laughs> super pretentious as well. But it's in ways it felt more like an experience than a movie. Like you needed to see it on the big screen, and you just needed to like. Yeah. The whole goal of the movie was to immerse yourself in this period of time. Yeah, and the the whole, I mean, the whole point of the story of the film is that it's a Hollywood experience. It's about movies, you know. It's like almost being in the cinema, like you know, smelling the popcorn, watching the big screen, yeah. and like the projector. Like it, it almost is like um, immersive. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, I mean, we we sound so pretentious here, but. It, it it is it's true like you if if you saw it um and you're a big fan of tarantino and stuff like that as well like it makes a lot of sense when you're there it's like oh yeah no you can see why it's so much better i mean it's not it seems pretentious because it's a story-driven film but there are a million examples of films that you just should watch in the cinema and, and are so made so much better by that and it's it doesn't have to be a pretentious film for that to happen i would say like the Fast and Furious movies are probably better on the big screen than they are, yeah. you know, on, on a small screen at home. Star Wars, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see the original Star Wars trilogy in cinema because I feel like as much as I've loved watching them on TV or on DVD or whatever, you feel like when you watch the original trilogy of Star Wars, like, like even better if you get one of those screens like where the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra does the music as the film happens. Oh, yeah, yeah um yeah there would be like no experience like it for sure uh 
But yeah, that once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, a great, great watch. Glad pit from me. Yes, definitely a glad pit. Okay, uh, I can rhyme off a couple here. Just in- he was so that Troy, uh, wasn't he? Sorry, uh, this is yes, completely wrong. So. I should say, I, I'm looking at a shelf that's got some DVDs on it, and Troy's there, and I just thought he is in Troy. I think he plays. Yeah, is he, it Hector he is. Or Paris. I have no idea. I'm so bad at character names in case this in case it's not, not been clear so far. <laughs> Orlando Bloom is one of the main guys, and he's like. Orlando Bloom's the protagonist. Achilles and I think uh, Brad Pitt's either Hector or Paris. Excellent. Um, but yeah, just in case you're sitting there at home and we haven't mentioned your favourite Brad Pitt role, I can go through a couple here. Uh, and if we didn't mention your favourite, maybe we did. Listen again. Find out. <laughs> <laughs> He's, of course... Wait. Sorry. If you, if you missed the saying the title of the start, there's one or two of those you genuinely might not have thought we were talking about the movie we were. Especially the first oh, one yeah, where we, sure. I think more of that we talked about Knives Out than uh, Inglorious Bastards. Listen, if in doubt, listen again, you know. Tell a friend, get them to listen. Double check. You know, share it. <laughs> oh, clever, like we did there. <laughs> okay, he is, of course, in Fight Club. Uh, Fight Club is a a big bro movie, but also a very good movie. Uh, Benjamin Button, some classics. He uh, he's in Megamind. He is the voice of Metro Man. Oh yeah, in Megamind, which uh, a very funny role. Um, he and uh, I think you mentioned some Fury, uh, Troy, like you said, lots of other uh, smaller roles, especially some some older roles as well. Um, that I just don't have written down. He's also in one of my favorite episodes of Friends. Uh, which is oh, one yeah. of the Thanksgiving episodes where yeah, he is one of Ross's old friends from school uh, and they talk about their I Hate Rachel club that they used to have and he absolutely despises Rachel uh, because she used to uh, make fun of him or, or bully him in school and I, it's just such a funny episode. He is Again, you forget that like he's a very funny actor as well. I mean, he sort of is a, like... Um, not even a jack of all trades, almost like a master of all trades, you know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but he, he really does. He plays like every kind of, um, he plays every emotion very well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love that Friends episode as well. I think it's so funny in that. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been in a lot of things. Brad Pitt, obviously, there's a reason he's uh, held in such high regard and has been held in such high regard for such a long time. Um, and I think just an absolute absolute gold standard for for actors as they go see if this uh comes out and like this weekend brad pitt gets cancelled i'm gonna be so annoyed <laughs> oh no i doubt that it's a good guy Red i would story very much doubt it yeah he seems Which, like a great great guy uh so uh, there's fingers crossed uh, I, actually there was one story i was going to talk about i read but it's it's probably not like the, the story is not that he does anything wrong and he's the good guy of the story but it's probably just not appropriate to mention on the podcast so i'll leave it fair enough um but yeah brad pitt regarded as being a great actor and uh definitely one of our favorites so glad pitts all around we didn't have a single sad pit actually today um i mean i don't even think even if the movie was bad i mean i don't it's probably one of those actors you can really find a bad performance from him yeah for sure uh oh 
little one, he's in Deadpool 2. He plays the Vanisher. Uh, and he just, like he, he doesn't say anything. He just appears uh, literally at the last moment when he gets electrocuted. It's a hilarious little cameo uh, that yeah. I just absolutely loved. It's so, so funny. He <laughs> was in Burn after reading, which I haven't seen, but I know a lot of people like. Excellent. I, I haven't, uh, I've not even heard of that, actually, to be honest. Um, Win Brothers film. Oh, class. But yeah, great things all around. I mean, I think uh, a lot of the time in the podcast, especially in like the topic section, we sort of talk about things that we love. So this is no exception to that. We, we have a tendency to just uh, sort of gush about uh, actors and movies that we like a lot. And this is very much one of those examples. But listen, it's, it's nice to talk about things you like, you know. Um, when the, the Snyder Cut's released, we are going to have to do an episode on that. So, uh, Yeah, we're going to more than make up for it whenever we talk about things we don't like. Um, but yeah, we're yet to get to anything that we just openly despise. I think that'll be a funny episode whenever we just talk about something we hate. There's um, just not a lot of stuff. Cause, I mean, like I've watched Jack and Jill and I didn't hate it mostly just because the sheer commitment that Al Pacino put into that role was inspiring to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm surprised how much we we do actually tend to find the good in some some movies that like uh, the, 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 I don't know the, are objectively the, bad. The Dunkachino scene and and Jack and Jill <laughs> single handedly justifies the existence of the movie. Yeah, I, I've watched that scene and that scene alone because we talked about it on a live stream a while ago, and it so is good. so funny. Uh, anyway. We're, we're getting off topic, so we'll end the topic there and move on to our next segment, which is Have You Seen This? Uh, this is where we talk about what we've been watching or doing this week. Um, I can start us off. I, I did talk about this uh, a while ago whenever it started, but I will talk about it now again as it concluded. Look, have you seen WandaVision? Uh do you think I've gotten less cheap in the past few months and decided <laughs> to pay for a Disney Plus subscription? I, I did completely. I was completely aware of the fact that you hadn't seen WandaVision, but I thought I'd ask nonetheless. Um, I won't spoil it, so don't worry if you haven't seen it, uh, anyone listening. WandaVision, of course, the, the new Marvel series uh, following Wanda, um, Scarlet Witch, and The Vision in their uh, new home some strange mystery shenanigans of course if you're up to date with the mcu um spoilers if you're not but if you're up to date with the mcu you'll know that in the most recent or uh, as we knew most recently vision was dead so there's some interesting oh what's maybe going on here the why is the vision back is it an illusion is it some kind of resurrection is it something else who's to say certainly not me i wouldn't want to spoil it <laughs> but it, it just concluded i actually woke up at eight o'clock this morning to watch the final episode when it came out and um, because me and my my siblings were excited to sort of have that that big finale kind of feeling um but of course it it comes out at 12 in america which makes it uh 8 a.m here so we uh we got up early to watch it maybe that's not early to some of the listeners but to me that is insanely early so uh, I'm tired today, but it was worth it to watch the last episode. I liked it a lot. Um, it it did loads of loads of great stuff. It introduced some new stuff, but it didn't go too crazy with it either. It sort of, um, I think it towed the line really nicely, and it still felt very true to like what the MCU sort of has built so far. It didn't break anything in the world, 
Um, so I just, yeah, that's a, a big recommend. I think we'll definitely talk about it as soon as Luke sees it. Uh, we may have to do some shenanigans to let you watch it. Uh, of course, if there was no, uh, if there was no social distancing, um, we could just, you could come around and we could binge it all. Mm. But sadly, that's We're not responsible. The case, so we may have to do uh, something else to allow Luke to watch it. Some some shared codes, uh, Disney passwords, etc to allow you to to get onto it um because it's definitely worth watching and definitely worth us talking about i think so we'll probably do an episode on that soon if uh, everybody's caught up with it speaks to my moral character having pirates is it <laughs> exactly never we would never do that yeah i think i think as well like i don't even know who would have time to pirate these days like <laughs> everyone has some subscription that they legally pay for and like there's so much content on even one subscription that you wouldn't even have time to go yeah. and pirate something else because you would be working through everything on that platform yeah literally i mean to the point that even uh, i mean obviously we can't go to cinemas now but i even have a a subscription a paid subscription to go into the cinema uh, <laughs> That it was it was worth because of the amount of times I would go to watch or to see new movies when they came out. That it it I quickly realized that it would be worth my while to uh, buy a subscription to the cinema. <laughs> uh, so I I you would get free uh, tickets to movies and things, and it honestly was a, an absolute gold investment because um I would have been spending ridiculous amounts seeing movies in the cinema, but. I'd much rather do that than pirate anyway. I mean, we're sounding like such good boys here, but, um, you know, it's like you say, you can find everything, you know, there's easy ways to get everything you want. Now it's kind of, it's uh, it's tricky. It's it's not worth the effort to pirate stuff, to be yeah. honest, that um, you could see it a different way and much better quality and not have to worry about like uh, a weird link on your phone or a yeah. virus you might get. Yeah, that's probably that. I would imagine that actually nowadays, uh, if if you leave any of the moral stuff about committing a crime aside, I think that's probably one of the biggest turnoffs for people pirating now is that I think you, you don't want to watch them these days. It's not like a perfect HD, like even yeah. like 480p. We're so spoiled now, like 480p. Uh, you, you, this these days if you have if you have to watch something you're just going this is hurting my eyes it's so low res yeah literally it's like what is this pixel art <laughs> i don't want to watch this can't even this. tell they're human <laughs> um, but you know you're absolutely right like it is uh i mean maybe this is us you know being people who like it and enjoy watching movies and sort of uh, you'd we would rather have that quality you know because we enjoy the actual watching of the movie but maybe for for a lot of people you know i know a lot of a lot of people will sort of like to watch a movie but also they'll they'll sit on their phone at the same time or they'll do something else at the same time they'll put it on in the background or whatever so maybe it does make sense maybe there's other other ways you know if if other people enjoy it of course each to their own um apart from like it being against the law or whatever we would never it we would oh, never yeah, endorse right. that we uh, cannot endorse anything that is illegal on this podcast. No, of Make course, very we would never, we do we not would never suggest that. Any obviously. illegal activities. <laughs> even, right, even, 
even if you're in the supermarket and there's a grape just sitting there free on the stalk and you think you're a little peckish, can't grab the grape. Nope. That's stealing. It's wrong. Yeah, it's even wrong. if it's tasty. Even if you're leaving the supermarket and there's a car and someone's left their keys in and you just need to get home. As much as you might want to do that, uh, you know, apparently that's illegal. Find that out. Listen, even if there's a baby and they've got a bag of sweets and it looks like a nice bag of sweets, apparently you can't just steal sweets off a baby. Yeah, apparently. Good. Just I thought this gone mad if you ask me. Country. Yeah, freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Listen, we don't like to get political, but <laughs> but stealing is wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's not uh, too spicy a tech for yeah, everyone. Snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> Stick that uh, up your pipe and smoke it, Snowflake. <laughs> or vape it, should I say? Oh. oh. Any, anyway, <laughs> look, what have you seen this week? This is honestly an incredibly long episode, but you know what? We've, we've, we've heard one. a long one. Exactly. Yeah. I think people will right. like a, a longer one for a change. Deep dive. Um embarrassingly again i've not watched anything on tv somehow but all the talk about dc earlier did remind me of something i watched a while ago that i really enjoyed so have you seen harley quinn the animated series i have not and i was dying to watch it and then when i went to watch it i conveniently talking about how you can get everything on some streaming service uh, at, at this point in time I actually could not find it on any of the streaming services I had. It had been taken off. I think it was on all four. Yeah. Uh, it was... And then I went to watch it and it had been taken off that. Uh, and I can't find it anywhere else. Uh, yeah. I was very upset and I was really excited to watch it. But no, yeah. I will definitely get to that at some point. Yeah, I just, I record with new episodes on Sky and watch them each week. Mm-hmm. I would tell you, it was Thursdays on E4. Uh, can't even remember when it was. It might have been sort of, spring last maybe even it was definitely a while ago 2019 maybe like 2019 but it was like thursdays on e4 in a row you got brooklyn 99 then new new episode of brooklyn 99 new episode of rick and morgan and the new episode of harley gwen that was just chef's kiss yeah Uh, you know every every so often classic media tv you know traditional just watching tv it does have its moments of just absolute peak you know i i very rarely watch you know normal tv sky or whatever uh, i definitely am like always on on streaming or whatever but um from time to time you just get those golden moments where it's, there's nothing quite like sitting down and just putting tv on you know sitting and watching whatever comes on i love channels certainly sometimes late at night i'll just sit on the music channels and just go through channels until i find a song i like watch the music video and listen to it and then just repeat you just go through you flick through the music channels i actually really enjoy doing that uh Uh, music's hard now because like with music streaming services you have to pick your own music and you'll you'll forget about songs it's just sometimes nice to have someone else pick the music for you oh yeah yeah. same as like if you're if you're in the car uh, sort of aux versus radio it's like it's tricky because you, you love being on the aux or the bluetooth or whatever and you know putting on songs that everybody can kind of sing of listening but also 
I, I hate checking my phone to put the to cue the next song every time you're sitting in the car you start having a conversation and then the song ends and you have to oh wait a second guys let me just you know uh whereas having the radio on just no absolutely no fear of that you just leave it to play yeah i always let some i always let someone else uh dj if they're in if i'm driving uh Mostly it's convenient if you're driving, you have to pick all the songs before you set off because you can't change yeah. them once you're in the car. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's, it's nice to have someone else do the music for you. Uh, so I believe I was talking a while ago about um, Harley <laughs> Quinn. Okay. We were, yes. Not, not like, not story driven, mostly just a different storyline each week. But basically the overarching story is it's an animated TV series where Harley Quinn, who's voiced by Kaylee Kuku, I really don't think that's how you voice, you, you, how you pronounce that, but she's better known as Penny from The Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah. She did a lot of work to get this series to television. Like, I think she's the executive producer of it as well. Uh, she So she voices Harley Quinn, who's sick of the Joker's bullying, decides... Uh, breaks up with them and decides to strike out on her own and become one of the great criminal bosses in Gotham City and mm. hilarity ensues <laughs> yeah uh, similar to Birds of Prey actually like in terms of just the uh, the initial kind of plot device uh, of sort of breaking away from the Joker uh, and although that comes with its own benefits it also means you're no longer uh, under his protection so there's risks with that as well but yeah, some great uh, classic Batman characters in that as well. And sort of, um, it has that nice, it's not quite the same as like Batman the Animated Series, but it has that same very classic feeling kind of animation style, classic comic booky yeah. kind of animation style, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the humour comes from those characters. Like her crew is, so she's, there's her, Poison Ivy, uh, <laughs> Poison Ivy, who sort of like just rolls her eyes at most of what happens, but obviously being um, Harley Quinn's best friend is always there for you. I mean, that's probably one of the good things. Not that I'm an expert to speak on this, but it's a real positive depiction of a female friendship. Like, that, I know that sounds really lame as a thing to say, but like, I mean, it's, it's good. They, they support each other. They're not bitchy towards each other or anything. It yeah. feels like an actual real life friendship got the rest of her crew uh king shark who's like uh, a sort of nerdy tech guy except for when he smells blood and then he goes on the rampage and gets embarrassed <laughs> about it later uh nice. clay, Fe clay face who's sort of like a who's played as like instead of sort of psychotic clay face that you usually get he's like a sort of like posh pretentious uh struggling <laughs> thespian as he would say Nice. And Doctor, and, I want to say Dr. Evil, but that's the guy from Austin Doctor Evil. It's something like that. It's like it's Doctor Psycho. It's Doctor Psycho. Oh, okay. Uh, who is a villain who needs a crew to join up with because he gets thrown out uh, slash cancelled from the 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 big super villain group and the DC universe because he calls Wonder Woman the C word. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be evil, but you can't can't be sexist. Yeah. Equal uh, opportunity villains. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it's very funny. And the way, 
I, like I'll give you an example of one of my favorite storylines where Harley Quinn gets obsessed with uh, trying to get one over Robin because Robin uh, foils. Uh, he doesn't really, but he's there at the right time when she messes up one of her schemes. So he gets mm. on like talk shows or something and depicts Robin as like like an eight-year-old who speaks in a really high-pitched voice. <laughs> she starts going she starts going after him to try and get him to admit on TV that it wasn't him who foiled her schemes. Right. Okay. Like just the comedy of her getting into this battle with someone who's clearly a child. Yeah. Oh like a almost like a sort of Twitter war type thing. I think there is there's a lot of like very funny kind of social commentary in in that show, like just from clips and things I've seen. Uh, kind of very relevant uh, jokes that I quite like. Yeah. My absolute favourite character is Kite Man, who you think is just going to be a one-off character, but <laughs> uh, he's a completely gormless idiot. He's <laughs> Kite Man as far as having a kite. Yeah. Uh, but ends up uh, becoming Poison Ivy's boyfriend. Uh, nice. <laughs> No, I think that's one of my favorite things in uh, comics or movies, like based on comics, is just having these ridiculous characters and just using them in any way. Like, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, uh, taking a, a silly character and making them serious, but not even making them serious necessarily. Just like, just utilizing those mad characters and being like, you know what? No shame. You know, we're gonna put Kite Man in this and just just be silly with it because comic books are silly like you know the only reason we don't think batman is silly as a premise is because it's existed forever same as spider-man but if someone comes if we if there's a new hero created who is you know dog man we'd all be like wow that's a bit weird that's a bit on the yeah. nose to just be like part man part dog and that's my superpower it's like all right would you not rather be called something different than dog man but for batman and spider-man it's fine you know uh, yeah, it's that thing of like these characters seem so silly, but they're they're all silly. None of it makes sense, you know. It's comic books. Just bring them all in. Use all the characters. Get a kite man yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I say. Yeah, I mean, it's it really has found some properly obscure Batman universe characters. It's, yeah. it's great. Uh, I think I I just really like. Well, actually, I've forgotten favorite characterization as it plays. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Jim Gordon, as in Commissioner Gordon, is mm -hmm. a babbling idiot who relies <laughs> on Batman to do his job. Nice. I think him and Batman are friends, and they're oh. definitely not. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's really good. So yeah, I, I think it's just great that there is like a DC series that's just played straight up as a comedy, and it, it is just very funny. And yeah. It's just like the great animated comedies. You care about the characters, even though it is a comedy. Definitely. Um, no, it sounds really good. I mean, I already knew it was good. I, I've been wanting to watch it for ages, but I will. I'll have another hunt, see if I can find it anywhere. Because uh, I'm really excited to watch that whenever I eventually can. Um, yeah. But that, I, I know that there's been a second. Just about second. closes it up. Yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I know there's been a second series, but I've not even seen that having come to channel four so i mean it'd be great if someone could pick it up in the uk because i mean or else it'll be like uh archer which i also want to watch and have seen some of but it's like impossible to find in the uk mm. um 
sure once as soon as we get that NordVPN sponsor, we'll be rolling in series to watch. <laughs> Not technically illegal to <laughs> change your country and pretend you're American. Yeah, you know where we are. Sponsors, get at us. <laughs> we but will yeah, that, that just about does us uh, for this week. Unless you have anything else you want to say, Luke, or will I close it up? No, I'm good. I, I don't think there's anything left to say that hasn't been said in this episode. For sure. Definitely been a long episode this week, guys, but uh, I've enjoyed talking. I think this was, it's nice to do a, a, a chunkier episode every, you know, every so often and um, keep the people coming back. We had a lot to say this week, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has been the Crack and Banter podcast. If you want to find us anywhere, we're on uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find us there, Crack and Banter podcast. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a subreddit as well. You can go to, if you find any of our socials, there's links to everything else there as well um, to listen. We're on YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts from. So you'll be able to find us no matter where you kind of look. I'm sure you can search us up. Uh, if you have a question, please let us know. Uh, and yeah, anything you want us to talk about, let us know we'll be back next week talking about something else maybe wandavision if we get to watch it we'll see um but yeah get in touch share with a friend uh give us a like a, a follow and um, whatever and yeah just just let us know what you think um but thanks very much for listening look do you want to close us out uh yes thank you for listening to the crack and banter podcast he's been really stable i've been looking kind i like to sew the fingers on to finger the scots thank you for listening Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye.